Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Survivor Now podcast. The content is coming up shortly, but first we got to pay some bills. Okay, we are so excited to tell you guys about this great partnership we now have with our good friend Katie over at Katie Tedesco Art. Since 2015, Katie has been running the original Survivor fan shop where she creates Survivor trading cards, Survivor idol keychains, Big Brother keys, and more. We have been huge fans of hers ever since we started ordering our own items. We're huge fans of the Survivor trading cards. I even got my favorite, John Cochran. You can order them in packs, say an entire season, or you can also order your favorite Survivor Castaways cards in individual packs as well. The items come in a timely manner and are handled with care to make sure you, as a customer, are never disappointed. You can check out all of her cool work over at our Etsy site. The link is in our Instagram bio, so just head on over, let her know Survivor Now sent you, and give her a follow. You can find her on Insta, at Katie Tedesco Art. That's all one word, and that's Katie Tedesco, T-E-D-E-S-C-O, Art. Welcome to Survivor Social, the Survivor podcast where we discuss and disentangle Survivor with a focus on the social elements of the game. My name is David Younga, and I am joined by my amazing, multi-talented co-host, Tegwith Alderson-Tabor. How are you, Tegwith? I'm doing so well. I'm super excited to talk about this episode with you, the premiere. Oh my gosh, it's going to be great. I'm so excited to kick off this pod with you. Um, I'm super stoked. Awesome. I'm so happy to have you. And as much as we love, you know, the strategic maneuvers of Survivor and winning a string of immunity challenges, I think we can agree that the social game is the most crucial aspect of the game, right? Absolutely. I mean, you you see it in the last three people who won. Like, it all comes down to social. Um, I think it's definitely number one in my book, at least. Right. I completely agree. And if someone doesn't like you, it doesn't matter how well you did everything else they're not going to want to give you a million dollars, you know, or say that you beat them. So that is what we are here to do and to discuss the social game, especially today we'll be talking about Survivor 44, episode one, the premiere. But before we begin, make sure to like and subscribe to Survivor Now on YouTube or wherever you are listening. If you have any hot takes that you want to be heard on the pod, send us a message at SurvivorSocialPod at gmail.com and we might just read them right here. Okay. Yeah, please, please. We want to hear all of your uh, input, your thoughts. You know, uh, this is a big, fun discussion. And so I need to, I need to get other people's input or else how am I know, how am I going to know how to make my own opinions? You know, I need other people's opinions so that I can make mine. So let's, you gotta, gotta send those in. Yeah, we gotta hear what people <laughs> think. It's a social game. We want to know Absolutely. what people think. Social. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, let's get into it. Dig right in. I'm going to go off the bat and just say here, I think this is a top tier premiere episode. Absolutely. I, 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 and I was worried because everyone was talking about like Jeff and everyone was like, oh, it's going to be so good. You won't even know. And I'm like, you can't oversell it. You don't, <laughs> don't oversell it. 
And I think they sold it just right. I thought it was amazing. I think so too. I mean, it delivered from every possible way. I feel like in a way they crammed in all of the events that happen into a Survivor season in one episode, which was incredible. I think honestly, it's up there with like Pearl Island, with Guatemala. It was brutal. You got a really, a lot of great character moments, even in the first few seconds, like that whole clip show of everybody and Carolyn. Oh, Carolyn was so good. That little bit was so funny. And let me just say, I know that, that we're here to talk about the social game of Survivor. I just want to say shout out to the editors. Um, mm-hmm. I think the editing was so much fun because we get to see these people's personalities. I felt like we saw it like like in 43, you know, we get, we saw people's love because, through the editing. And I really think that, you know, I'm getting to know these people and they're more human because of the editing. So 10 out of 10 work from the editors. Absolutely. And I like that they're breaking the fourth wall. They're being transparent. They're not afraid to show you of the process. They're not just some monolith or, you know, you can't see behind the the veil. But now you can really get to know even like the producer's sense of humor or something like that. And it just makes you feel like you're in on the process, which I love. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I feel like Survivor now, even just the pool of applicants and the people who are playing, they're fans. It's for fans, by fans. Like, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. Absolutely. Um, Really, really good kickoff to the season. Seriously. So there we are. We're on the beach. We're going to do, they do the little introductions. Jeff pretends like he doesn't know their names as if they haven't gone through the whole casting process and all that jazz. And my favorite part of that opening scene is where Jeff says, we're going to birth you into the game right now. I am so happy that you caught on to that too, because I felt like at the watch party I was at, no one, like no one was questioning that. And I was like, what just came out of his mouth? What a funny phrasing, (laughs) Jeffrey, what a funny phrasing. Um, But yeah, I, uh, I I feel like sometimes he he needs to workshop what he says a little bit more, only sometimes, not all the time. Yeah, I think so too. He's definitely, I think he's out there. I think Jeff is like, you know, know embraced his weirdness a little bit just like other people on the show have embraced their quirkiness I don't know what he's doing maybe some ayahuasca is being a little more (laughs) I don't know exactly what he's doing but maybe the kava from Vanuatu I don't know (laughs) I love it absolutely we get into this challenge and it's brutal it is brutal first of all I know they went with the blood in season 42 as like a fake thing to like cover yourself with but the, the mud almost looked worse to me because I knew that yeah. it was like actual mud and not fake blood. I don't know. Yeah, it was, um, I, they got so messy. And I think this is a very interesting way to get people like in on the, se- like on the season. Like, you know, y- y- you aren't going to be able to bathe for the longest time and you're really not going to be clean at all. You know, you hit the beach and you are just as dirty as you can be. Um, and, you know, with Bruce's whole injury, uh, I feel like that was very you know, heartbreaking. That whole storyline to me was really heartbreaking, really hard to watch um, because I just, as someone who personally would love to be on Survivor one day, knowing that all of your hard work, mm-hmm. all of the time that you put into it um, ends just like that because of uh, uh, your head was maybe three centimeters too high or an inch too high or whatever it is. Um, so it was really, really sad. But I wonder. Um, you know, in the premiere or in the uh, previews for the episode, I think it was Matthew was like, if this doesn't bond us, I don't know what will. Um, And so, you know, you kind of, 
you do form these bonds with yeah. people when something like that happens. So very, you know, interesting roller coaster of a of a original challenge. Absolutely. And I think that's such a good point that you mentioned because everyone's going to be bonded from that. It's scary, right? And the Tika tribe, especially losing someone, spoiler alert, if you didn't already know that, but <laughs> the fact that he goes, I think that bonds the Tika tribe even stronger because they had a shared, I don't want to necessarily call it a trauma, maybe for Bruce, but yeah, it was an intense shared moment. And I do think that that does bond people together. So I think maybe the Tika tribe is maybe stronger and better for it in a way. Yeah, it's, um, it, it, you know, this has happened a couple of times in the past. Uh, David versus Goliath with Pat, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, Jackson being taken out. Now that one wasn't as gruesome uh, of an injury, you know, not right. happened there. But there are times, and I do think that you see those tribes really bond from that. So I believe Jackson was what, what, with Marianne and Jonathan and Lindsay. Um, yeah. And, you know, they were really close the whole time. And and then Pat was with um, uh, David and David versus Goliath. He was on he was on the Davids. And you know that they were really, really bonded. I mean, they had that whole thing in in the post merge where they all brought their advantages together to kind of make it make it forward. So um, I wonder if this is an an omen into that. Maybe they're going to be really tight because of it. That's a really good point. And I, I think, who was it on One World? Courtney, Courtney Moon. Maybe they weren't necessarily as close on the, the women's tribe, but every winner has come from a tribe of someone who is medevaced in the first challenge. Yeah. I think we cracked the code here. Someone I from that's it. is going to win this season. Yeah. <laughs> Helen was my winner pick. So let's just. All right. <laughs> was fine, so. Who was yours? Yam Yam. Oh, perfect. Look at that. Look at that. Seriously. And something I really noticed also about the Bruce injury is that Jeff did a few things that I thought were very interesting. First, he complimented Bruce's smile, which was radiant, by the way. But I was like, all right, Jeff, you're really trying to boost people up. And then to up the ante, he said, Jeff, you're going to call the challenge back on. How did what did you think of that? That was very interesting. Um, You know, I I always worry when when Jeff kind of puts the spotlight on somebody. So in the past, you know, he has had people at tribal kind of say, uh, you know, when your fire's out, so are you or whatever it is. Um, and so I always am just like when Jeff has when Jeff puts a spotlight on somebody, I think that can put a target on somebody's back mm-hmm. being called out like that. Uh, now, I'm not saying that that's always the case. But I did think it was kind of, uh, I made me smile as a viewer. I, I I liked it. I really thought it was interesting and made me go, huh, what, a, what, a, that's new. Um, and do I think it really was necessary? I mean, he was bleeding from the head. I don't think he really cared at the moment to call it back into the game. Um, but not, nice touch. And I liked it as a viewer. What do you, yeah. you think about it? I thought it was sweet. But then I also thought about the fact that when I think of prime time Jeff Probst, I think of a little salty Jeff Probst. I think of Jeff bantering with people, being a little rude, a little sassy. And I think Jeff really has, you know, turned over a new leaf. He's a lot more compassionate and he will express those things. And I love that. But part of me just wants sassy Jeff to like rear his ugly head just for like one minute, you know, maybe not one, but... But I, it's, I hope it's like, I, you will catch me 
watching the sassy Jeff compilations on YouTube, <laughs> like, like at least once a month. It's just so funny. Like Jonathan getting annoyed by me or whatever he said, just all is so funny. Like it's okay. so good and so quotable. So as you are totally right. As much as we love the, like, like loving, very caring mm-hmm. Jeffrey, you know, you're not like that all the time, Jeff. Let's exactly. be real. Exactly. Well, it's a balance. We got enough sassy Jeff seasons. True. Now we're going to have some loving seasons. And I appreciate that. There's a balance. But something else from a social standpoint that stuck out to me was they included a confessional where Matt from the Soka, the Green Tribe, brought up the fact that he just went through a breakup before he came out here. And for, at first I was like, okay, and that's kind of irrelevant. But do you think that something like that does play into your time on Survivor? Do you think it makes you potentially more closed off or open to people? And not necessarily a breakup, but anything where like a significant change within your social life has occurred. Do you think that plays a role? Absolutely. I think, you know, I think it makes you more vulnerable. Firstly, um, you, you, something happens that we don't know what happened to Matt, right? We don't know what was going on, but something ended, right? And it, and a, a very social relationship ended. Um, and so now I think sometimes when you go through a breakup, you think to yourself like, oh, was it me? What did I say? What was going on? And I think those things could hurt you in the game of Survivor because I think you overthink. And so my worry is that maybe it comes into play in that way where maybe he gets a little bit too antsy or Mm -hmm. or maybe is a little bit maybe goes in too hard or something kind of taking things to the extreme. Um, But I did think it was interesting to add that in there because we if you've listened to exit interviews in the past, you know, there have been people who were like, yeah, I just got out of a relationship and I want, but you don't always hear that on the show. So it's always interesting what's added in and what's talked about. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a super interesting thing to be added on there. And I do think it really affects, affects you. I mean, it affects people. Survivor is a microcosm of real life. It's mm-hmm. obviously intensified. Everything is, is up, put up to a hundred. Right. Um, and that is a real portion of his life. And so I do think it'll it'll come to play in some way. I think so. And and even like you said, decision-making could influence decision-making. When we saw him have the ability to choose from the bags later on when he went to the island. I don't know what we're calling the island this time, but we're going to call it Bag Island for now. Yeah. <laughs> island. So Matt, when he went to Bag Island with the others, he decided even after he lost his vote the first time, to go for it a second time. And I wonder, like, is he just feeling more risky? Who knows? But I also noticed that he was having a really great relationship with Franny. And in the preview for next episode, it seemed like there could be a potential showman's flirtation ship. Absolutely. I, yeah, I really, uh, that's, I think that's almost a definite when you, when you, they don't, they do to stuff like that, but, and showmances are so, not not tedious but it's not not the word what's the it's a very hard thing to balance nowadays mm-hmm. the threat of a showman's is enough to be like oh that's gotta be no 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 um and i just think that's interesting like if you think about uh when if dean and chelsea had the threat of the showman's in 39 and chelsea was voted out right then and there 
um, just the thought of it, you know? And so that could be really bad for their game. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I, do you think it'll be actually be a showman? Do you think they're just like teasing it? Well, Jeff Probst has said in, in some, uh, in some press that it will be. So I don't know if he's just augmenting it to, you know, for the sizzle reel, for the shock factor, but I'm hoping it will be because we haven't seen like a true, I don't know, a real spicy romance on mm-hmm. Survivor in a, in a hot minute. So I think it would add something. And if this, if there was any season to do it, it would be Survivor 44. Come on. Yeah, Come absolutely. On. And uh, yeah, I think it's, I think if it's interesting if you're like, what do you do when you're on that tribe, right? Showmance, it's very hard to hide. You know, you can't really hide on Survivor. Uh, there you're you're with these people 24 7 no walls no nothing um what do you do when you're I think you because that's gonna be I mean that's a hard thing to break up and when you have that kind of relationship you do typically do things together and so if they're solid too um in a in a in a tribe of six Mm -hmm. that's even scarier um so you know very very interesting stuff and I just am very interested to see where it goes. Yeah, me too. I love it. And I also love the fact that they're they're quirky personalities. And I feel like we haven't seen any quirky personalities have a love story on Survivor before. I feel like it's always like, oh, I'm the jock or I'm the pageant person or I don't know. But I just, I love them. And I just think that's a testament to the casting. And I just think this cast is eclectic, but also very well-rounded it doesn't feel like anybody's there's anybody who's like missing or like any types of personalities that I think aren't there that should be I feel like this cast for the most part personality wise especially is very well-rounded we've got high highs we got some more subdued people Mm. but that does remind me of a point that I want to talk about related to a quote that Danny said in a confessional so Danny says everybody on his tribe is socially apt like at first glance, there's nobody who's an obvious Frank Garrison from Africa being like, or like Randy being like a curmudgeon or anything. Like everybody yeah. is affable. Yeah. And I, yeah. Feel like, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, yeah, I feel like that's within the casting nowadays. It's a, everyone loves Survivor. Everyone who's on Survivor is most likely a big, big fan, um, or the majority of them are. And I think, you know, it's almost like a Survivor maybe nowadays they want good people on the show um and so they want these like well-rounded people on the show which i think then can maybe make it hard to vote people out harder than maybe it used to be because uh you don't have anyone who's pushing the buttons in the wrong way or you don't have anybody doing that and so i do think 44 is a really good season i mean a really good cast um, and I do think these vote outs are going to be really taxing on people emotionally. Yeah, I think so too. Everybody seemed likable. Everyone had a radiant smile. Bruce's especially that I will miss. But <laughs> yeah, I am sort of missing the, I said that this cast was whole, but I do miss a prickly person every once in a while. But like you said, it's going to make the game a lot harder when there's not an obvious person who's pushing other people's buttons or rubbing them the wrong way. And I think it's going to make this game a lot more challenging because nobody mm-hmm. is an obvious annoyance or irksome to anybody else. Mm-hmm. But speaking of which, my concern for Carolyn 
is that she may become that person for other people, which saddens me greatly because I find her amazing and I love her already. What do you think about Carolyn? I think she's amazing. Um, I think she's great television first off. Uh, I love her positive outlook. Um, I think that's always really great on, on, on this show. Um, but like I said, you are with these people for 24 seven. Um, you think about when Marianne was on, people were talking about how, when they would love Marianne, you know, they love Marianne now, but they, they, she did get on their nerves a little bit because she was with them 24 seven. So um, I could potentially see something being a problem because if you have too much energy all the time, sometimes when people don't have that energy, and I know this because I'm, I was the kid growing up with too much energy, like running (laughs) down the halls. Uh, And when people don't have the energy, they just are not here for that. Mm -hmm. And anything in survivor can, can put a target on your back. You step out, you, 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 right, you take your left foot instead of your right foot, or, or you do this instead of that, anything. And so, you know, sometimes you do worry about when mm-hmm. somebody has such a great bubbly personality, uh, if people can handle that for 24, uh, 24-7. That's a really good point. And I think it is something for her to be aware of, but I also appreciate that she's unapologetically herself. It's a, it's a hard balancing act because you want to be yourself. And also I feel like when you're in a situation where you're, basically deprived of all creature comforts you can't help but be yourself you know and that's who she is and I love that she said that her son was telling her you know not to be too much or too funny or whatever whatever he said but I love that she's being herself and I hope that the same way that Marianne excelled despite some of those initial reactions I hope that Carolyn also excels because I think she has a lot to offer I know she's also part of the org community and very prominent there so I hope that she'll show us some of her skills here yeah that's awesome I uh I, I didn't know that she was part of the org so that's, that's super super cool um yeah I really hope she she is able to kind of excel and 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 really kind of I I would love a Carolyn win I'm not gonna lie I I think that I think that that would be a really fun fun uh season um so totally totally here for it and totally here for Carolyn absolutely shifting gears a little bit so they do the sweat savvy challenges and they bring that back how do you feel about this iteration do you think this is a, a more brutal iteration well let me let me say I did like the um whatever one tribe chose the other one had to do the other I thought that was super interesting uh and I really did like that um I did the coconut looked I that thing looked brutal that was like (sighs) I I do think that that maybe saved um that coconut thing maybe maybe I don't know I mean obviously the idol saved Brandon's but but I think that that relationship with Matt maybe is going to be something that we're going to see further because they, I mean, one or two coconuts at one time is not that big of a deal, but you have you over four hours, five hours, and you have how many coconuts did it look like they had like 50, 60 dragging along the sand. It's, it is brutal. And there is one thing that I wanted to say, and this has, this is not really the social aspect it is, but it is does impact it. One thing I don't love on Survivor is brutal things that are brutal just for the sake of being brutal. Mm-hmm. Like I don't love the fact that they don't give them food at all because I think if it is too brutal or if it is too 
hot or too cold or too rainy, it, the social part of the game falters. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't think like you don't now, you don't have to be a hundred percent on your game. But if you can't think right, then I think that the the game it just won't be there. Mm-hmm. And so I personally don't feel like the challenges need to be as brutal as they are, um, because you see people like dropping out and 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 you know things like like the challenge. I'm pretty sure. So at the party, Claire said that that challenge lasted for six hours the individual or the immunity challenge five or six hours. And that means that you only have a couple of hours to strategize back at the, at the beach. And that is the part of the game that really matters. Mm -hmm. And so I am not a huge fan of those like really brutal challenges. Which one would you have chose the sweater savvy? Oh, you know, I say that I would choose the savvy because it's just easier, but I also just think that there's an easier, like, easier task in terms of like, okay, I can do this. It might, it might be horrible and painful, but I could do the coconuts if I really had to. Granted, I said that when I looked at it, but then actually seeing them do it, I doubted myself a lot because those guys are built and they are very strong and they were still struggling they had like matt said only inches left of that sand it was about to be depleted and they were barely able to do it in time so frankly i would just try and be the person that didn't do either <laughs> just yeah. like, you guys got this <laughs> yeah i totally agree now while we're talking about the sweat and the savvy somebody yeah. i want to bring up is helen mm. <laughs> pardon me so i don't know if you saw in helen's preseason uh, interviews. And I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that she said going into it, she did not want to be perceived as like somebody smart. I'm pretty sure she used the term she wanted to be perceived as a Barbie. Mm. Um, and I think that's very interesting because she was the first person to volunteer for the savvy. Um, and now I just like, it kind of goes into how on Survivor, you can't really People, when they lie about who they are or what they do, you, you can't lie 24-7, right? She said she really likes doing puzzles. Mm-hmm. She volunteered for the puzzle. I think she did all three puzzles, didn't she? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Yes. I, and so, you know, I just think that's interesting how you can go into Survivor with a game plan, mm-hmm. but then you actually put pen to paper. You actually get your feet in the sand. And all of a sudden, you realize you actually can't really hide yourself like that Uh, and and even in the simplest ways of volunteering for a puzzle like if that's what you're going to do that's what you're going to do you know it's hard and it's because everything in this game comes with stakes so it's not just I'm not going to do this puzzle just for the sake of not doing the puzzle it's because they would potentially not get flint and they would not potentially get a machete and a pot and be able to drink water and be hydrated so is it worth it to you know put up this facade of being a barbie to not be able to drink water. Yeah. So I think I compl- I understand. And it's hard because you want to come in a- with a game plan, like you said, but at the same time, it's like, to what end? Everything comes at a price, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I think Absolutely. the only way that she could have possibly spun it was that she sort of did what Carson did, which it would be hard for both people to just fall into that yeah. position. But Carson knew that people, he said something about his glasses and being stereotyped as a nerd and 
how he thought that people already had preconceived notions, but it did work to his advantage. He was able to shine and do that with Helen. They both did a great job. And the key difference is that he didn't volunteer. And I think that was a good move on his part. Could Helen have done that? I don't know. It looked like Sarah had already called her out for being really smart. She's like, all right, well, you're definitely doing it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I think there is really only one person that can fall into it. Um, I think we saw on the sweat and the, and the, on the sweat one on, on the other tribe, I'm pretty sure it was Matthew didn't want to do it, but then he kind of fell into it kind of a thing. So I I think that there's always going to be one person who wants one versus the other. And then somebody can kind of go along with it and be like, I was just put here kind of a thing. Um, So, yeah, but I I did think that was a very interesting, you know, good move by Carson. Um, And I'm curious, you know, I, I, I don't think the bond between Carson and Helen now we didn't really see much, but is as forged as, the other two uh, guys who did that, because I think that they were over there only maybe 20, 30 minutes. Obviously I don't know exactly, but no. it didn't, definitely didn't seem that long. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that they have a relationship because they were kind of together or what do you think? Yes and no. I think they said that they had a maximum of 15 minutes to be oh, able to- Oh, was that the max? Yeah, I think so. Oh, Somewhere wow. Oh, there. I missed that. Yeah, so- 15 minutes versus four, almost four hours. And also doing something that's making you sweat, that's making you really question your your life choices of why the hell did I come here versus like, all right, we're going to do this brain teaser, we're going to focus on it, and then we're going to be done, you know? And I also think it bonds people, specifically the ones who chose sweat, because that's a longer amount of time to not be with the other people. So you're automatically thinking in the back of your head, like, all right, well, these, those other people, those other four just have some relationship now and I don't have as close of a relationship with them as of right now. So I guess this other person is my best bet. So I got to really try and make the most of it. And they mm-hmm. hugged after, I'm pretty sure. I, yeah, they did. Yeah, it was very nice. It was very nice. <laughs> what do you feel? So while we're on that tribe, mm-hmm. what, what, do you want to talk about the birdcage advantage? Absolutely. Let's get into it. That was a that whole thing was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, who uh, uh, who found the key? Um, Brandon. Brandon Brandon found the key, and Maddie was in the general vicinity. Yes. Now, what would you have done in this situation? Not if you're not if you're Brandon, but if you're Maddie and Brandon comes to you and says, "Hey, I found this key." How do you think you would have reacted? I probably would have said some, well, if I had known like Maddie that I had already seen some, him put something in his pocket and also go, then I probably would have tried to play it cool. But um, I probably would have been really excited, honestly, to be in the know. Um, and I would probably use that as an opportunity to build a relationship because relationships are the most important part of this game. And when you don't have a lot to go on, an advantage can be a good way to bond you. But did not seem like Brandon was interested in doing that with Maddie. Yeah. And I think that's a very, I thought it was very interesting. Number one, let me just say for anyone who's watching or listening, if somebody is like looking around and putting their hands on their head like this, they are hiding something. Mm -hmm. That body language, I was like, you are not doing a very good job at hiding this man. Like anyone, anyone who sees like a, oh, like a stretch and like a, like this, they're either looking at somebody trying to eavesdrop or hiding something like that's not uncomfortable <laughs> movements um first and foremost let's just say 
Um, but I think if I was in that situation, if I were Maddie, I probably would have done the exact same thing that she did, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, well, you know, I don't know, like maybe we shouldn't, maybe we shouldn't share it, all that stuff. Uh, and I probably, if I were Brandon, I probably would have been like, oh my God, great. She wants to work with me. That's amazing. But it's funny how two different approaches to something can have catastrophic results. Mm-hmm. Um, and really like the, the trying to form that bond actually blew up in, in Maddie's face, which was devastating to me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Right. It was just, it was very, you know, very hard to watch. Um, and the fact that he then announced it to everybody and they all kind of went over and did a field trip to the cage. I, I just have very interesting decisions, um, that, that were being made, uh, that, the, the whole time. I don't know. It was very odd, very odd timing. I was, I thought. I think it was odd timing. I also think the way that Brandon handled it at tribal being so brazen about the fact that he claimed it as his idol, I think that he is definitely going to be someone interesting to watch this season because he's not going to live in the conventions that have been set through Survivor. He's going to play by his own rules. And I think for other people, that's going to be scary. But I think as a viewer, I'm going to love it. But yeah, it's definitely going to be chaotic. And I also wanted to bring something up too. It seemed like Brandon just wasn't interested in a relationship with Maddie just in general. And I always think back to Ryan Aiken in Survivor Amazon, the first boot. And apparently the reason why he was targeted or portion of it was the fact that at Ponderosa, before the game start, he was having horrible bowel pains. Like he was having horrible stomach pains and he had to keep running up and down the stairs to go to the bathroom. And apparently it kept waking people up and kept them up. And so they were like, we're getting rid of him. We're getting rid oh, of him. Oh, no. And so I just always think about, like, maybe they met at finals week or they saw each other and then the vibe was just off. Or I just always think about, like, what things could have happened, like Ryan Aiken's bowel movements, that could have potentially influenced why Brandon was like, that Maddie, I don't know about her, you know? Yeah, very good <laughs> point. Um, and, and also what I found interesting was why it was, obviously, I think they were all kind of, out and about if I don't if I recall but why they were so close to each other it was almost like they had I I don't know if you don't feel like you're not getting the vibe with somebody I don't know that I would go get water with them or I would go get coconuts with that person um because then what happens if either you you or them find something and then are you forced then to work together especially that early now later on Mm -hmm. in the game is a different story right because you want want to make sure you know everything um yeah, but the whole situation was super weird. Uh, and unfortunately for Maddie, it en- ended up being her downfall. Yeah, that was unfortunate. It-, it was unfortunate to think of what could have been, you know, which leads me to the bag island, as we're calling it. It said explicitly on the, the sign, take this time to get to know each other, right? And they didn't show any footage of them talking. So maybe it's not relevant for the future or maybe the conversations were just boring. Who knows? But I just would have thought that they would have used that as character building to show what they were trying to do. Were they going to talk about what the decision they were going to make was? Or are they going to say, I like you. I want you to have an advantage. I'm going to play it safe so that you can do whatever, you know? I don't know. I found that a little weird. They didn't include anything. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's only so much, obviously the airtime only two hours for this one. I say only, we usually only get 45 <laughs> minutes. Um, but you know, there's only so much that you can add in. And I did, I also thought that it was a little odd, but I also don't, I'm also in the vein of, I don't love these like Island visits, especially this early on in the game, particularly because I think that these are, this is the time when relationships are formed and, and, or broken and, or, you know, um, and so personally, I would rather see more time on tribes getting, seeing the tribes interact with each other, seeing them talk. These people are, are, are going to be together for a big period of time. And a lot of times, like, you know, this, this whole podcast is called Terrera Social. I love the social aspect of the game. And I feel like there are, there have been a couple of times where it did actually impact the, the game, the, 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 the bonds that are, that were formed, but I don't know that it's as impactful, um, later in the game especially on what day two day one um i don't know that you're going to remember that at the merge when you've already gone through hell and back at you know at tribal council and you've had to vote your own people out and all that stuff um so i yeah i i, I wish I w- we would have seen more but you know i also wish we could see uh, see a lot more just on tribal beaches too that's a really good point all right bag island scrapped you're bagged anymore seriously bagged bag bag island (laughs) (laughs) um so we're back at the beaches after that which actually before I continue I want to say props to Lauren for rigging it with the rocks so that she I know that was wild so smart (laughs) meanwhile smart meanwhile we have Matt being like I don't want to go and she's like I'm gonna go and I'm going to pick, be the person to distribute the rocks so that I can be the one to go because screw everybody else. That was amazing. Genius. <laughs> uh, so good. Um, and right, so she gets, talk about the advantages for let's just two seconds here because they are probably going to be very important. Obviously, yes. it's already utilized in this episode yes. by Lauren herself. But so first, everybody has to pick out of that, which I take umbrage with just a little bit because. People should be able to say, I abstain. I'm not going to pick from the bag if I don't want to, because there's a 66% chance that you are going to lose your vote. No thanks. That's not fun. And then if you decide to go for it again, you get to uh, you get a 50-50 chance between an advantage, a different advantage from the first one, and the lose your vote for the second tribal council. Has there ever been a point where you could lose your vote for two votes in a row? Um, I don't think so. The only time, the closest thing I can think to is Ghost, uh, at Ghost Island, there was, you could win immunities for more than one tribal. Mm-hmm. Was that Ghost Island, I think, where you could, um, I don't know, I don't think it was Ghost Island, but, but that's like the opposite of this. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, or like, I think an immunity idol was, was good for so many tribals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this was uh, brutal because I'm pretty sure it's also the next two tribal councils that he goes to. Right. That's so this could have, yeah, and this could affect, possibly affect him at merge. Mm-hmm. Like this is something that could be a problem at merge. Like what if I could honestly even potentially see a world that Soka doesn't go to tribal council? Mm-hmm. I don't think that happens. But like I, I think that's going to be, a, that would be hard, but I do see that happening. So then does that mean that he then doesn't have a vote for two votes after merge, you know, that's like, 
that'll be that would be brutal that would be that, really brutal that would be brutal matt you better be working on your showmance with franny right yeah now. yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> i i kind of agree with I, I don't know that i love that they had to draw out of the bag but i also i also kind of when you have something like this you i feel like there has to be some risk involved mm-hmm. i always felt it was odd to 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 have the um the you know it was kind of like a, a prisoner's dilemma but not really like it wasn't really a prisoner's dilemma you weren't really a prisoner you were more like sort of held captive but yeah. you really have a ch- i don't know it, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> um but i i don't i don't know that i love this twist in general because then in theory, there could have been three separate advantages in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we have two. That's still a lot. Yeah. And I sometimes throwing advantages at the problem. I don't know that. I don't think that it always fixes it. Um, and so I'm a little nervous about having so many things in play. What do you think about that? I think it's going to get hard to keep track of. I know recently they have, at least for a few seasons, put the advantages next to people's names during confessionals is a really good way to keep track of what's going on. And I love that. However. I just think that the social element of the game does suffer a little bit because people can rely more on, you know, advantages. However, that being said, I think that the inheritance advantage could possibly have some interesting social implications because I'm not sure if I completely understand it. It's a fair That's what Sarah has, right? That's what Sarah has? Yes, she has it. And um, from my understanding, if advantages are played at that tribal, you can then use by someone else, you can use that inherited, inheritance advantage and claim them for yourself. It has very interesting social implications because my first thought was you have someone in your alliance that wants to use an advantage. As long as they know that you're going to use the inherited ones, inheritance advantage, you can double up or you can try and team up and power that up together. So if you have those good social bonds, I think that can augment things. But it also paints a target on your back because now everybody knows that you have mm-hmm. an, an advantage. Well, it comes it comes into play. It's like knowledge is power. Uh, knowledge is power. You only have the power if you're the only one with the knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Knowledge is power. The downfall is when other people find out about it. Um, and I think that this is something that's going to be very, very similar. Um, I I think, you know, I, I personally think that she shouldn't tell anyone about this advantage at all ever, even if it's a very, very close group, mm-hmm. um, because you never know what 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 people can are going to do, you know, what words can spread uh, because the tribe is so small. You tell one person, that person tells one other person, then half the tribe knows. That's true. And you think that you're going to be able to keep that information from the other half. I doubt it, you know. Um loose lips and and you're again like I said you're with these people the thing that I think a lot of people forget is that you're with like I live with my boyfriend we are not with each other 24 7 he goes to the bathroom and he closes the door right we he we we somebody goes to do laundry downstairs and we're like separated we you know I go to work whatever it is we're not together even though we live together we're not together 24 7 these people are with t- with each other 24-7. They see and hear everything. I mean, most of the time. Right. Um, and so I really, that, I think, you know, having to keep, and I think it's difficult to keep secrets because, again, you're tired and all this stuff. And so I think it'll be very interesting to see if she shares it. Yeah. Because 
I don't know. I think it's a big one to share. It is a big one to share. And I, I, like you said, you're with these people. It's hard to keep things when you're under stress and under those conditions. But I also think maybe as time goes on, it'll become easier because maybe people will forget about the fact that she went to this bag. True. That's true. Mm-hmm. I also am a blabbermouth, so maybe it's easier to keep <laughs> secrets for other people, but I kind of, I kind of just talk, 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 talk. So maybe I'm the problem here. Well, we'll have hope for Sarah. We'll have hope for Sarah. <laughs> yes, I do have hope for Sarah. <laughs> so speaking of Sarah's tribe, back at camp, they have this like little clip package of Carolyn just being her quirky self, which I love. And then Carolyn approaches Helen to say like, no one's coming up to me to make an alliance like what's the deal with that and I got a very good vibe from Helen Helen seems like someone I would want to work with however if she looked at me the way that she looked at Carolyn when Carolyn said that I would have been very leery because she was (laughs) not she was not buying what she was selling and you know what her name is Helen and I love Helen Glover so I'll give her a Helen pass just based on the name alone but I have to say I'd be a little skeptical if I was Carolyn (laughs) yeah I mean sometimes I feel like sometimes if if a question or whatever catches you off guard yeah you be able to read it all on on people's Mm -hmm. faces and like you know and I think that this is maybe a clue to what we were talking about earlier of maybe people being rubbed the wrong way by Carolyn um kind of a thing you know I uh oh my gosh but yeah I don't know I also show everything on my face too so I totally I (laughs) totally get right like I've been told that people can tell when I just am just like have a slight itch to my throat because (laughs) I have a different way of smiling and I'm like firstly are you obsessed with me okay (laughs) okay back off but secondly what um And so it just, everything amplified, you know, amplified, amplified. I totally understand. I can't, I cannot, you know, alter my face in any way to try and be stoic or, you know, I'm very expressive. Unless there's going to be Botox injected into me, there's no (laughs) way that this face is going to stop moving. Okay. All right. But (laughs) that being said, I think Carolyn is one of those people who you can tell She's going to tell you probably what's on her mind. She's going to be, she, she might say some things that catch you off guard because she's willing to be more honest than other people will. Like what Helen did, or I'm sorry, what Carolyn did to be so brazen about like, I don't really think people are coming up to me. Like, what's the deal with that? That's not something that most people would do. So I think that now that you know this information, that Carolyn is this person who's going to sometimes take you off guard. When you talk to her and you, or she comes up to you, like, get ready put the proverbial, you know, Botox in your face and just say, <laughs> I'm just going to smile and nod no matter what happens. So hopefully Helen will learn from this because I really, really like her. So I think well, she'll be Can I also her. say, I think that like this kind of, you know, I'm going to be myself no matter what kind of a thing that Carolyn's doing, I think is a great property in a, an alliance, a great, not property, a great thing to have in somebody in an alliance um because you're gonna you will know what they are saying and what they're saying is actually what they mean and actually what they think and you know if they think that it's a good idea they'll say it and if they think it's a bad idea they'll say it so I personally would take that as a green flag to be like hey let's do something um 
because you can, you know, maybe not know 100% because you never know 100% on Survivor, but you maybe have the little gears turning that I think that they're always going to share with me what they have, what they don't have, and, and, and you kind of like, you know, be truthful, which is a rare commodity to find on Survivor. Definitely. I think that is incredibly valuable to have in an Alliance member. I also just fear that other people will notice that, you know, it's hard because mm-hmm. everybody, true. everybody sees that they're like, all right, we all want to, we all want to at least be friendly with Carolyn so that she'll mm-hmm. tell us what's going on. But I think Carolyn's going to be pivotal in a lot of things and I'm excited to see what she has to offer. But on to the immunity challenge, the immunity challenge that apparently took five or six hours. I yeah. can't do that. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that is, in, that is insane. Wait, question. Did Matt from Ratu fall from the rocks prior to the immunity challenge? Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's why he sat out. I, right, I'm pretty, right, sure, okay, right, I'm pretty right. sure that's why he sat out because they didn't even discuss who was going to sit out. He just rose his hand. You're right. Okay, thank you. I wanted to bring that up because I think everybody, like the theme of this episode is that everybody's going full throttle sometimes in a reckless way. Okay, I'm gonna get really dirty here for a second. There's some Pokemon moves, some attacks in Pokemon where you do a lot of damage, but it comes at the expense of you hurting yourself, okay? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what was going on. People were using a lot of reckless Pokemon moves on episode one of season 44, and I loved that Matt was going for it, but I fear for him that if he continues to be a little reckless and this didn't like temper him a little bit, then mm-hmm. something like that could happen to him in the future. But I do think he's pretty self-aware. I feel like I feel like what he was saying when he was talking about after it happened, I felt like he was being very self-aware and being like, I can't believe I did that. I saw this game flash before my eyes. And I think that he will actually I part of me even thinks that that fall might actually impact his gameplay in a positive way. Because I think maybe, you know, you, it's almost, people say that if you are a returnee on Survivor, you can see when you are kind of the one that's on the chopping block because you, you've been through it before and you kind of get the vibes. Right. And so that's why they were, you know, people like Rick Devins, when he got voted out and he came back in, people were saying like he was playing like a two-time player Mm -hmm. because he kind of knew what was going on. I maybe think that this will make him maybe not play like a two-time player, but realize that like, oh, I've got to make sure what I'm doing, I'm thinking it through all the way. I have all these moves all the way. And maybe it'll actually impact his impact his game in a positive way, which I'd be super, I mean, obviously there's going to be no way to compare how he was going to play versus how he actually does. Um, but if I were him, I think that I would maybe think twice if I was going to do like some kind of reckless move and be like, oh, wait, actually, I might not do that now. Um, so little... Yeah. Thing that where I think something like that could really impact a gameplay. That's a really good point because when you're falling, when you're shouting there for medical, you don't know the extent to which things will be affecting you, whether you'll need to be pulled or what. So I'm sure he felt like in a way, this is my second life in the game. You know, I got a second chance already. Didn't even have to come back another time, um, uh-huh. so to speak. But I'm glad that that's a really good point. I'm glad that he had a chance to like, reassess and you're right he did seem to have a good takeaway from it and I think Mm -hmm. this will probably temper him um but I will say for the rest of the cast too everybody seemed like they were going full they were shots in the dark lots multiple shots fired idols you name it it was wild 
<laughs> having being like heat exhaustion in a in a challenge like you know it, it's a yeah full throttle absolutely yeah, absolutely very much so and speaking of the challenge and matt specifically what did you think about the fact that claire talked to matt i'm sorry this is amazing this 10 is out amazing. of 10 this is a good social move so 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 good and when i was watching it last night i turned to my friends and i went and we almost all said the exact same thing it's giving australian survivor it's mm -hmm. like the the cross mat talk mm -hmm. matt ah, that's funny that was a <laughs> unintentional pun um is so interesting because she didn't even know his name she mm -hmm. goes hey you i'm pretty sure she said like hey you guy or something um and it, nothing instigated it right it wasn't like a, oh whatever like let's we have this common thing to talk about. I mean they did, but it wasn't like uh like what Brad said or what um what's his name said to Brad like oh I like I like what you said about broccoli. Like mm -hmm. there wasn't something like that to instigate this conversation. She just had that thought, and I think that this is an amazing move. I thought it sealed Lauren's fate. I'm not gonna lie. I thought that that was Lauren's fate just sealed. Mm -hmm. Um, but just amazing move. What did you think about it? I same as you I thought that was amazing and I also just think this is what it that is what it means to capitalize on every single moment right you might not be a part of the challenge and not being able to contribute to whether or not your tribe wins immunity but you can still play your individual game and try and make a connection with people there is no exile island anymore you can't make the exile island alliance like they tried to do on token chains you it's harder especially given the precedent of the past few seasons that they're not going to be any tribe swaps, it's harder to make those connections across tribal lines. So for Claire to do that, I think, shows that she is actively trying to bene benefit and, and better her game every single opportunity she has. So big, big points for that. Yeah, huge points. Let me also just make sure everyone knows, and I've said this many times, I, I am and will always be biased in favor of both Claire and Helen. Um, and so just always take what I say about them with a grain of salt because I'm obsessed with them both. Um, and, but let me just say, Claire killed it. it amazing, like no notes, absolutely no notes. Absolutely. And I think that your your favoritism towards them is diffusing towards this, through the screen towards me because I'm also feeling that way. I mean, I felt this way already, but I'm already just like jumping on the, the Helen and Claire train. So choo-choo. Anyway. Choo-choo. Um, <laughs> so back to the challenge. That was brutal. I know, you know, we're doing the whole physical thing, physical thing, and then a puzzle. But I liked the fact that they were in a boat rowing i feel like it really harkened back to old school survivor because there were skills that when i was you know high school self i was like if i'm gonna be on survivor i gotta learn to row <laughs> i gotta be able to you know untie knots at the speed of lightning you know and i feel like some of those things are still around but i don't remember rowing being as prominent as it was in the first few seasons and those are just little things that i love how do you feel about that i loved it i mean let me just say i will i, I I, I don't love the challenges. Um, I think that there is room for more diverse things in the challenges. I think a lot of times, especially last season, and I'm worried about this season, it's just the challenges are just kind of the same thing in different fonts, um, like part A, part B, and then puzzle. Yep. Um, 
And I, I think that there are a lot of different ways that you can go with that. So um, I thought the challenge was, was, was good. Yeah. Um, but I do, I love water challenges. So I, I, I do love when they're in the boats. I do love that kind of a thing. So I, that, I, that, that did put a smile on my face. Yeah, that was definitely fun, but I agree. I think that in, in some ways it's become sort of cookie cutter or they have their tried and true things and a general format they're going to keep, but surprise them, make them think on their feet a yeah. little bit more, not to say that it's not going to be different in some mm-hmm. ways, or you're going to be di- using different muscles, or you're going to be using yeah, yeah. different strategies. But um, yeah, I think the general formula is the same. And I'm interested to hear what, what Jeff has to say, especially on his podcast, mm-hmm. or if they ever talk about like what their decision making is regards to challenges, because obviously they have enough, enough, you know, resources to build whatever they want. So I'm just curious, do they just have they gone into a funk are they just like happy with what they're doing um yeah I don't know I I also think for me personally it just harkens back to I don't love seeing people miserable um I don't love that part of survivor I do like things to be challenging but I don't like 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 just to be grueling just for the sake of to be like to be grueling uh so I kind of like it when it's a like Australian survivor did a really cool challenge uh in this current season where it was essentially a big fire making challenge and the team had to build a bonfire then one person had to strike a flint and then they had to make a big fire to burn through something but it was a team challenge um and so i thought that was like kind of a fun new thing that i hadn't seen before i think that there are ways to spice things up and not just do the you know the, the, the same thing over and over again but while we're talking about immunity or the the challenge can we talk about the immunity idol. You read my mind. I was so excited to talk about that. I literally, I think it, this, the theme of this season, I just wish that it would just be like a night theme. Like it's <laughs> like the Knights of the Round Table just mm-hmm. was the name of the season. Cause tribal count, the tribal council set amazing. The chessboard at the voting confessional, like so cool. I don't know if you noticed all of the font has like a very medieval mm-hmm. vibe to it. And the immunity idol is just so cool. I know that uh, that was amazing. The sword, the shield, the Jeff's flair for the dramatic when he's like stabbing the air and talking about your life in the game. And I also saw something somewhere that someone said, I could be wrong about this, but someone said the amount of chess pieces and the number of chess pieces on the board were reflective of the number of players still in the game. So it was 17. Oh, that's cool. And that's I wonder really with cool. this passing episode, they're going to take one off and whatever that would be brutal Ryan made it my my boyfriend made a joke um Mm -hmm. which I would actually love is what if in the the voting voting booth with the chess piece if you moved a chess piece into like checkmate or something if you got an immunity idol (gasps) wouldn't that be cool that would be and it would be like a race against the clock because everybody's sitting there like what are they doing why are they taking so long (laughs) and I would just be like (laughs) sorry guys I'm having a coughing fit right now Mate. Isn't that awesome? I think that'd be so fun. Like something brilliant. silly like that. So, you know, get that man on the production team. He's yeah, got some good ideas. Hire <laughs> him ASAP. And then there's ASAP. your end. That's how you're going to get cast. I love that. That's my end. Yep. There Wonderful. we go. Um, But yeah, the theme and just the aesthetics and yeah, Tribal Council is incredible. When has there ever been a gargoyle at Tribal Council? I'm sorry. I don't know. I love it. It's so, so good. And I like how it's like, like I always, my favorite 
an in, individual immunity idol has mm-hmm. always been Pearl Islands. Pearl mm-hmm. Islands, the whole season is just so fun because I love the theme. I love the pirates. I think it's amazing. And I just, I am hoping that they were going to have some co- sort of like sword fight as a, as an, yeah. as a, a challenge or something, you know, like go all out and like, do, I just think it's, it's great. I love it. I'm it's so great. here for it. I completely agree. And I think the seasons that stand out for me as a super ultra mega fan and for so many other people are the seasons with really strong themes. You think of seasons like Pearl Islands, you think of seasons like Palau and China that have really recognizable themes that are also integrated into the challenges and they're spoken about and the lore is spoken about. And I think that is what makes each season distinct. And I think that's something that this season is trying to do with the aesthetic and sort of the medieval and gothic elements of it. But I think honestly, I would be happy if they said it more explicitly. And Mm -hmm. Jeff was like, this is, we're bringing you back in time and you're gonna have to fight your way to the end. And instead of giving you machetes, we're gonna give you guys little little swords. And I don't know, maybe not that. Well, I mean, sometimes I think the show takes itself a little bit too seriously. It is a game, it's a show, pardon me, it's a show, it's a TV show. Let's have a little bit of fun, you know, yeah. like uh, yeah. I, I, it's silly, it's gimmicky and I'm, I'm here for it. I love a good gimmick. I love a good gimmick. Me too. So, all right. The challenge ends up being that the Soka tribe wins first. They win the sword or the shield. Which one do they win? Sword. I was, I was curious about this. I actually asked which one do we think it's going to be? And I, it is a sword. I made a note of it. So do we think that's a metaphor for the fact that the survivor producers uh, favor offense to defense? Yeah. I think that's a great, I think that's great. Yeah. I think that's definitely it. Definitely. I'm glad you agree. I, I felt very strongly about this. <laughs> and then the Tika tribe, which I was very surprised about, to be completely honest, they ended up also winning immunity. So I actually... So I had that Soka was going to be a, a very, very strong, like, beast at, at, at challenges. Yep. And for some reason, Orange was giving me Tika, or not Tika, Ratu. who was Orange again? Ratu, mm-hmm. that who went to Tribal Council. I was like, I'm, I'm worried about their strength. I don't know why. I, the whole time, I just was feeling the vibes. I was like, I don't know why. I think it was maybe because I felt that Tika was going to have maybe maybe work better together as a team there was yeah. something about like their dynamic that i felt maybe was going to play to their benefit that's true yeah, i was right i was right you were right and i think yeah i think uh there's some interesting characters who are fun and bounce off each other and you're right even even earlier in the episode when we saw ratu you know doing the whole caged idol thing and mm. i felt like they were a little awkward and i felt mm-hmm. like there wasn't as much unity and just being on the same page about whatever they're going to do. And yeah. it obviously showed at tribal council. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That left <laughs> tribal council. What a hot mess. Uh, I literally don't, I still don't know that I understand what happened. Uh, the fact that somebody got voted out with only one singular vote to their name and the fact that three people did not vote is absolutely bonkers to me first and for no reason like there was no like I don't know I this is when I think 
the social aspect really is like somebody, something needed to happen. Somebody needed to talk to somebody to just talk them out of not doing that like vote. I think that in this fast paced game, I honestly feel like they both did their um, shot in the dark so that they didn't have to vote rather than actually needing to be safe. And I, I don't know. And I just am like, I don't know that that was worth worth it. I could be wrong, obviously. I don't know. I just a vibe that I got. But like, it's a fast paced game. People will move on. Like, mm-hmm. like, y- you might not like, draw the lines in the sand or whatever, but people will move on. I also am confused as to why anyone even voted for, for Brandon just because do they think just to flush the idol? Do you think? I guess so. But it's just so, it's so unclear what everybody's motives are so early on. You have nothing to base it off of. Nothing. Not one yeah. vote. Not even a fake vote in the beginning of, of the season, like token chains where they fake vote out Sandy, you know? Mm-hmm. They have nothing to base it off of. So why would you go for the person with an idol? I don't know. That, to me, when an idol is common knowledge, my gut instinct would be, all right, well, I'm just going to play it because everybody knows I have it and they're going to yep. try and push it. So we might as well. And I'm going to have to go get another one. And this time yep. I won't tell anybody. But I just did not understand the rationale of 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 Maddie and who else was it? Are you talking about oh, Matt? Are you talking about Matt and Jamie who played their shot in the dark? No, I'm talking about um, who who voted for Brandon. Oh, that was not Lauren, who was it? Where we've narrowed it down to who are we forgetting about? Oh, we're missing Kane. Yeah, Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, I don't know. I, I do think that there was maybe, you, you can't have blinders on to get somebody out. And I, I, I think Maddie had blinders on. Um, so. and, and, and really early on in the game, I really don't think that that is helpful. You kind of have to go with the flow, anybody but me. And if you're, if you're leading the charge, that might not be the best thing. Obviously it wasn't for her, unfortunately. Um, I feel like there had to have been a better, a, a, a better way to figure this out. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that better thing is. I'm not in a situation, you know, I don't know. I think, I think Matt could have maybe fought harder to get Lauren out. I think he had a very good basis and a very convincing argument to get her out. Um, And so that way he didn't even, I think that he just didn't want to vote against Brandon, but he knew that that's where the votes were going. Um, But I think that there was more convincing, but now that I knew that they've had very little bit of time after the challenge before they went to tribal, I think it affects the way I see this outcome. Because mm-hmm. if you only have like two hours to figure out what's going on, three hours to figure out what's going on, of course you're not going to have the plan together, right? Like it's going to be kind of all over the place because mm-hmm. you're not going to have been able to think it through. Yeah. Because it was all over the place. It was. And that makes sense, especially given how how little time they had. But I also think, like you said, Maddie did not put herself in the best position the way she handled things. And and obviously Brandon is is a target for people. You know, he has an idol and everybody knows it. I don't think that Maddie needed to try and convince people to an extreme degree that he was the one in charge of everything and that he was the kingpin. And I think that he already put that target on himself. So she didn't really need to do that very much more. However, I do agree with, and I do agree with what you said before about 
Lauren could have been a good person to target because she does end up using her banker vote advantage. So, and she gets off scot-free. No one even voted for her. There wasn't one vote for her. So she has two votes going forward and Matt could have potentially used the information that he gained from Claire, great player Claire. I'm already feeling brainwashed to be in the Claire club and I'm loving it. Yes. But yeah, that could have been an opportunity to take out Lauren. And I think this is going to give Lauren momentum and Matt might look back and say, oh crap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, let me just say, I actually think that Lauren's going to be a really great player on this season. I, I, I think that she's already made some very strategic moves and I don't know if her social game is there all the way yet. I, I feel like I haven't seen enough of it, um, but I do like the strategic moves that she's making with, you know, being able to rig a vote, um, mm-hmm. being able to, you know, successfully dodge and maneuver and successfully lie about something or not so successfully lie. Um, and so I, I am excited about her prospects and the future of the game. Um, but I also was excited about Maddie. I think Maddie would have had a really great, um, with, like, I feel like we did lose out on seeing a really good player play survivor. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, uh, but that is the problem with these seasons now. The problem in air quotes. It, it's not really a problem because they're all so good at it. And so the first person out a lot of the time is still a very good player. I had the pleasure of talking to Zach um, mm-hmm. a, a lot the other day, and Zach was the first person voted out of um, uh, 42. Mm-hmm. And this he knows everything. Like he would have been such great television and such good, uh, such a good game player. But you know. It, the chips sometimes fall that way. And unfortunately it was Maddie on the losing end and, and me, I'm really sad about it. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. I think everybody on this cast has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just one scene is all you need to just fall in love with a character immediately. Like when yeah. Lauren said she rigged that to be able to just pick the stone, to be able to be the one to go to Bag Island. I was like, Lauren, you already have my respect. That's just, that's, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah. yeah. And this, that's exactly also how I felt about Maddie too. I just loved her personality. I thought she was very endearing. I saw a lot of myself in her in terms of like going really hard because as much as I say from an outside perspective that maybe that wasn't the best way to handle a situation with Brandon, I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah. You know, I would have been so- Hindsight's always twenty twenty. It's really easy to be a a, a a Monday night coach or whatever the, the, the phrase is, uh, Monday night quarterback, uh, where I'm like, oh yeah, they should have done that. Well, yeah, obviously they know that they should have done that but uh they didn't (laughs) and you probably wouldn't have either (laughs) exactly exactly so nothing but love for maddie and nothing but love for bruce both of them i think would have been magnetic and electric and i would have loved to see them more on our screens and hopefully we'll be able to i know there was some whispers in the wind about bruce potentially returning Mm -hmm which is super exciting. I hope for his yeah. with a newbie cast because I think that he would be on an equal footing with people because let's be honest, mm-hmm. he made it through a part of one challenge. I don't necessarily yeah. think that qualifies him to play with, not in a bad way, but I don't think that yeah. qualifies him to play with, you know, juggernauts who have played three, four times. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I totally agree. Um, I think uh, I would, a lot of people are saying that they want to do another, like the, the internet is saying that maybe another Philippines kind okay. of a vibe mm-hmm. um, because there are now four people who have gone out before um, the first tribal. Yep. And that would, uh, and so that could be, you know, maybe two tribes with two returnees or four yep. tribes. Don't do four tribes. Don't, <laughs> don't. I, I beg of you. Um, but you know, you, so you have some people that, you know, you could in theory use for that kind of a thing. But if you do four tribes survivor, if you're listening, 
I think that you should keep them for more than one episode because uh, Exile Island, getting rid of the four tribes in one episode of that, uh, I, I will always hold a gripe for that, okay? You did give us Kasaya, yeah. and Kasaya was great, but that was a little messy. But anyway. Yeah. Um, well, I, if you do four tribes, have 24 people or something. That's a lot to, uh, that's a lot to watch. I know I'm not, I'm not yet an Australian survivor you know, viewer, fan, addict, whatever you, you folks call yourselves. But um, I, I know that there are a lot of people on the screen at once. And I feel like personally, I would have a really hard time keeping up with that. Well, they still have the, the theme song in it with all the names. So you and do have a little cheat. Seven it's hours? about a four hour, <laughs> it's a four hour movie. It's a four hour movie. Um, uh no but it, it does help a little bit in the beginning it also helps to podcast about it because you learn their names real fast okay i appreciate that <laughs> i appreciate that so as you're doing as you're doing the sweat challenge carrying coconuts back and forth you can recite all of the names of all of the contestants of one season of australian survivor one season. Time you're done and then you'll be done with the coconuts love that uh by the time you're done uh with the coconuts you'll still have about four names left Okay, perfect. All right. <laughs> you, are, you probably won't be able to say them because you're going to be really tight and sweaty. Exactly. That's besides the point. So we've come to the point in this episode where we award a very special award, two awards actually. And because this is a social podcast about the social element of Survivor, Survivor Social, we are going to award the Social Butterfly Award each episode to the player that we found to be the most competent at the social game. And we're also going to award the Driver of the Social Struggle Bus Award. And we say that lovingly. You know what? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Sometimes you just aren't getting the social cues. I've been there. We've all been there, right? But this gives you a lot of opportunity for growth, right? But let's start on a positive note. For Social Butterfly Award of the Week, I personally would like to award that to Claire. Just yeah, absolutely. Singular conversation. Are we in a consensus there? Uh, literally, I was going to say, guess. Guess who you think <laughs> it's going to be for me. Absolutely, it's Claire. Uh, I, you know, she is such a social person and she is going to kill the social part of this game. Um and uh, and I think that what she how she talked to Matt, uh, Matthew, Maddie, Matt, Matt, whatever, um, <laughs> is just such an amazing move. You're building bonds. A 10 out of 10 move. Uh, I love it so much. Maximizing your time, saying it with a smile, getting in there before other people can. I love it. And then on the opposite side of the spectrum, who do you think, Tegwith, would be the driver of the social struggle bus this week? So I don't, here's the thing. I feel like the first episode is really hard to, to gauge because I think everybody is kind of in that. Mm -hmm. I think there are, there are very few people who are shining in the social aspect in the first episode. And I think most of the people uh, are, you know, find their, it's like your first day of summer camp, right? You're, you're filling in the waters, you're doing all that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, that being said, I think it comes down to the people that went to tribal mm -hmm. um and i personally think it's either brandon or jamie and i think you know and i i'm honestly erring on the side of jamie even um and my reasoning for this is because i think from what we saw and correct me if i'm wrong a lot of the conversation was i'm just gonna play my shot in the dark Right. Yep. And, and it's not you're not really a part of that conversation. And I think that that's not 
a, a helpful thing in an alliance member, in somebody on your tribe. You want somebody that you can talk things through, right? And that is a very social part. It, yes, it's strategy, but it also is all based on social. Uh, and so I'm a little nervous that because she just was like, I, I'm going to play my shot in the dark, mm-hmm. um, that that could paint a target. Now, I, the reason why I'm not saying Matt for it is because I don't believe that he really announced that he was going to play a shot in the dark and he was take, removing himself from the conversation. I still don't think that's a great position for him to be in. Um, but I don't think, I think it has to do with how it was handled. Uh, and I'm, so that's why I'm a little worried for Jamie. Yeah, I'm worried for Jamie too. That is a very good point. I was also going to say Jamie and only because in her confessionals, she was completely bubbly and effervescent and so warm and I feel like I didn't necessarily see that same sparkle that same shine when she was talking to other people about strategizing and what her plan was going to be or her lack of plan and just playing (laughs) playing the shot in the Mm -hmm. dark so I she just left me wanting more and I wish she just delivered more and I and I hope that she will be able to deliver more and that she doesn't get too comfortable in the driver's seat of the social struggle bus but I'm worried that she's almost too nice because she seems so bubbly and kind. Yeah. And like, if you're too nice and you don't want to make the moves, then that, that, you know, that's not really what survivor is. So part of me is worried now, but here's the thing. I think we could see her blossom. Maybe she's just uncomfortable. Maybe she could get used to having to vote people out the sad reality. Right. And so maybe once that happens, she'll be able to blossom and actually create these bonds that I know that she's capable of because I felt a connection with her on the TV screen and I've never met her. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. she's obviously capable of it. It's just, I just didn't see this first episode. Definitely. I think she's capable of a lot. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what happens and what transpires next episode. It's going to be really juicy. I'm so excited to dissect more and understand what's going on socially more than anything mm-hmm. else of what's going on with season 44. So um, we encourage you to like and subscribe to Survivor yes. Now on YouTube and whatever streaming apps you're using. And again, feel free to send us a message at SurvivorSocialPod at gmail.com and we will definitely be reading your questions. I am David Younga, and I'm joined with the amazing Tegwith, and we will see you next week. Any closing remarks, Tegwith? Anything you want to leave our listeners with? I think the only thing is, this is all we're calling, this show is called Survivor Social, right? Uh, so find us both also on social media and reach out to us if you have any questions and anything. Email us, reach out to us on social media. Um, I'm on TikTok and Instagram. Do you have social media, David? Yep, I am on Instagram. You can find me at Ecologist David. Send me a message. I love to chat yeah. any and all times, all hours. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm on Instagram, I'm at Tegwith. And on TikTok, I'm at uh, Survivor underscore simulation. But if you look up Tegwith, I'm the only one that pops up. Um, so, you know, social, we want to talk about it. We want to talk about Survivor with you. So please reach out, send us some questions. Uh, and uh, we can't wait to be forward with everyone. <laughs>